For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is a Friday, November 19th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we have got quite a bit of college football to discuss today. Uh, first off, Chris, how you feeling today, man? Everything good? Yeah, man. Doing good. Just running. Doing good. Just running. I feel you on that. Uh, so so my Twitter mentions have been absolutely inundated with Northern Illinois fans after the Huskies won their division in the MAC last night, uh, or I guess on Wednesday night. And good gracious, Coach Thomas Hammock, who we have previewed them uh, in the past. I previewed Northern Illinois earlier this season, and you and I did it together. I took the under three and a half. I said that he was not a good hire. He looked in over his head, all that good stuff. And cheers to Coach Hammock for actually paying attention to what we were saying. Uh, they look significantly better this year. Uh, but I, I will say this, I have actually spoken with him after he released the video on Thursday morning. And incredibly nice guy. So I was uh, I was happy about this. He, you know, I came out and just said, hey, I was dead wrong. You know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else to say. But when you're wrong, you need to own it. And I was incredibly wrong on the Huskies. They've had, I think, six or seven one-score wins this year. Multiple one-point wins. Uh, got a win in overtime at Buffalo. Uh, but cheers to the Northern Illinois fans that are having a lot of fun with it. That keep popping up in my mentions. I uh, I certainly appreciate the good ribbing that I'm getting. Uh, Chris, did you see all this mess that was going on? Yeah, I saw it this morning when Coach shared it out. Yeah, definitely interesting. Not uh, not something you would expect to see first thing on, uh, on you know when you wake up in the morning at like six forty five or whatever it was uh, when I got the notification. But uh, but yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun with the Northern Illinois fans. It's nothing against your school. I just thought it was a bad hire, and I have been proven wrong. So we shall see what ends up happening going forward with that. Uh, we have got, of course, I like to start off every Friday show. By going through, where is game day going next week? Now, of course, we have rivalry week. We have all these different big-time matchups. Where could game day possibly go? That is ESPN's college game day. Chris, uh, I really think that there's only like two options next week. Um, I will I will tell you, they don't do any of the Thursday or Friday games. 
So that knocks out the Egg Bowl, which would have been a lot of fun. And the Friday games, there wasn't really a big win on Friday anyway, at least not one that game day would typically go to. So we don't have to worry about those. But on Saturday, uh, we had talked multiple times earlier this year about Alabama and Auburn. Don't think that one's going to happen. So we can go ahead and mark the Iron Bowl off the list. Uh, Oregon State and Oregon. That one could be fun if Oregon State finds a way to beat Arizona State. They've already been out west for UCLA and Oregon this year, and that's a really difficult trip for them from Connecticut. I don't think they're going to make that one. So it is between Ohio State at Michigan and Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, and brother, I hope that they end up going to Bedlam next week. I think that will be a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, What are your thoughts? I mean, Stillwater's going to be nuts, right? Well, that's it. I, I think they should go to Stillwater. I think that's the right answer. If you at all had an inkling that you were going to go to Ohio State, Michigan, why would you go to Columbus, you know, for a second time this year, giving us, you know, three Ohio State games if you thought you wanted to go to, you know, the game? Yeah. No, I, I tend to agree. I, the, only, the only thing that I would say there is at least that one is at the big house. So it wouldn't be Columbus no, three but times. Does it matter? Just showcasing the same team over and over and over. It, it would be nice to have them showcase Oklahoma State. They have done an Oklahoma game earlier this year, but to me, I mean, Stillwater is the spot. You you already missed out on a huge day at Kinnick Stadium for Iowa. Um, I know that they went to Iowa State earlier in the year. Go to Stillwater. That's a fantastic atmosphere. You need to take advantage of it while you got it. I mean, it, how often is, is Oklahoma State going to be able to get game day uh, or be in a position like this where they are knee-deep in the playoff conversation? You know, now obviously all of this hinges on whether or not Texas Tech, uh, you know, gets beat by Oklahoma State this weekend. But, you know, even, even if Oklahoma were to lose to Iowa State, I still think that that is the spot so that you can showcase what the Cowboys have done this year. Uh, it's been nothing short of amazing thus far. Uh, outside of that... Let's move on to our to our next topic here. I uh, all, all the internet stuff today has been about Lane Kiffin and the idea that has been reported that if offered, he would take the Miami coaching job at the end of the season. Now, the Miami Hurricanes do not have a head coaching opening so far. However, um, <laughs> we we did talk on the last show about Blake James, the AD, being out at Miami. And we have seen when Miami loses to Florida State in the past, they don't really care too much about the rest of the season. You know, we're going to talk about that game here in a little bit. But uh, if Miami were to not perform well to finish out the season, would it surprise you if Manny Diaz is gone? I don't think so. I, I'm i curious your thoughts on, on Kiffin possibly leaving Oxford this early. Um and is Miami a better job than Ole Miss right now? Well, is Miami a better job is a complicated question. I'm, I, I and I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna try to, you know, parse ways of, of what is a better job and what's not, because um, because I don't know the answer. But yes, a hundred percent yes. We talked about this several weeks ago, a couple of months ago, when the LSU job opened up. Lane Kiffin went on. This is not a reporter like leaking out information or somebody with inside knowledge straight from the horse's mouth. 
Lane Kiffin went on Dan Levitard's show and openly talked about how he was not a fan of Mississippi. He was not a fan of living here. He was not a fan of being here. He loved Ole Miss. He loved Oxford. He loved, you know, his opportunity to do what he did there. But he hasn't hidden his feelings about, I'm not a Mississippi, I'm not a Southern guy. I'm just not. And he has not enjoyed being here. So that that's straight from him. And the day I heard that, I immediately texted you guys in the group. We talked about it on the show that, oh, I, I thought, when Lane got hired because he had been not just a failure at other places, but also kind of a laughing stock and, and kind of the butt of the joke for a while that he was not going to be leaving Oxford anytime soon at all. I was wrong. That was a couple of months ago. And, uh, and, and I stand by it. I, I'm going to tell you from people that I know close to the situation at LSU, that if LSU offers Lane the job, Lane would crawl on his hands and knees to Baton Rouge to take it. I believe if Miami offers him the job, he would crawl to Miami to take it. That's, I, I do think that those two jobs are completely different, but it kind of lets you know uh, exactly where Lane Kiffin is if those reports are true, that, that he would take either one of those gigs. I don't think Miami's close to LSU. Like, they're not even close. Oh, no, no, no. no every, like, everybody, everybody close to LSU fully believes that even if Miami opens, if both LSU and Miami offer, and even if we were offering comparable money to take the LSU job, we understand the LSU job is significantly better than Miami. Yes, is Miami better than than Ole Miss? Don't know. That 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 that's a debate that intelligent people could have. Uh, it, there's no debate that the LSU job is significantly better than both of them. Yes, yes. Uh, Kiffin, as of right now. Uh, he's making $4.5 million a year this year. Uh, it tends to go up just a little bit, but his contract ends after the 2024 season. Uh, buyout is nothing crazy. Like, it, this is money will be no object to get Lane Kiffin out of there for Miami. So that's, uh, that's going to be interesting. I mean, all these different discussions about Kiffin. Um, how about this question? Uh, do you think he, do you think he should? take the Miami job over Ole Miss? Yes. Okay. Um, give me give me some <laughs> give me some reasons here. Is it just because you can't do this over and over with Ole Miss, you know, year after year? Because, I mean, they could go 10-2 and two this year. Now, obviously, we're not talking up wins, but well, how often are you okay. going to go 10-2 at Ole Miss, right? It, it's just simple. I think he took the Ole Miss job because of Matt Corral. Matt Corral is going to be gone after this year. I think he wants out before he loses Corral. Because I think he understands he's going to be judged. All these big-time coaching jobs won't come open once Corral's gone for him. They won't be calling for him because Ole Miss is not – they're not – I don't think they're set up next quarterback-wise to, to win nine, ten games next year. Okay? But the other thing is simply it's the ACC. Okay? For some reason, people still respect it as a quote-unquote Power Five conference when it is hot garbage. And I think everybody in the world thinks if you go to Miami and you go undefeated at Miami, this is not going undefeated at Wake. All right? Yeah. It's just not. And if you can win there, then you can can compete for a national championship. Yeah. No, you're uh, you're 100% right about that. 
So I, he, I think he would absolutely be a fantastic fit at Miami. He could bring some of that swag back, um, that swagger that, that Miami used to carry around. Well, if it happens, they, the boys in Baton Rouge, they had their say yet. So. Oh, no, no, you're 100% right about that. I, I think they got their eyes set on uh, on other prizes, but I, I really think it might come down to, hey, LSU would have to make their hire first because I think Lane would prefer LSU over Miami. That's right. So we'll we'll see or, what happens. Or Lane has been Lane has been just clearly told you're not getting this job. Yo, you ain't getting this job. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's entirely possible. That's um, I do want to bring up Mel Tucker here because since we last spoke, you know, you and I both have said that we believe that Mel Tucker would take the LSU job, uh, regardless of of whatever else were to happen. Right, whatever else is open, if he were offered the job, he would run from Michigan State on foot down to Baton Rouge. And now I'm kind of questioning this a little bit, and and maybe I shouldn't be. Mel Tucker has signed a 10-year, or not has signed, excuse me. It is being reported he has a contract offer, an extension offer for 10 years, $95 million guaranteed. That is a lot of money. I mean, just $9.5 million a year, and it's all guaranteed. Um this is definitely showing that Michigan State is fully invested in their football program. However, uh, how how often can you have these kinds of seasons at Michigan State, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's good financial compensation for uh, for what he's doing, right? But you got to question: Is it lightning in a bottle? We, this is the only successful season that he's really had. He he was building something at Colorado. He was only there for one season. Obviously, last year, COVID season at Michigan State, you, you got to wonder about giving this much money guaranteed to a guy. But if you don't want to lose him, this is just the price of doing business. I am kind of just shocked that Michigan State would offer this kind of money. Uh, what What are your thoughts on it? Uh, that's you're, This is just the ground floor of what new money is going to look like in college football. Your perspective of what you think a good contract is or a bad contract is has to change. Okay, it just has to because it's about to get blown out of the water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, LSU he's getting this offer because because Woodward has floated out eight years, hundred million dollars. That's twelve something a year. Okay. Yeah, fully guaranteed. Well, all these coaches' co- contracts are guaranteed. Well, so so the buyout you don't, you don't have to stipulate that, right? No, no, no. But the buyout has been uh, significantly less than the price of the full contract. Like, if you work for this long, then you get this much money. If you get fired, then you get this much money. That's how it's always been until Texas A&M signed Jimbo. And when they brought in Jimbo, it was a 10-year, $75 million deal, which was fully guaranteed, and there was no buyout on the back end if he ever wanted to leave. And that's what completely changed the game. And now LSU is talking about the same thing, uh, where it's eight years, $100 million, as opposed to 10 years, $75 million. Um, but the Jimbo deal that, that just got redone before the season started was 10 years and $94 million, fully guaranteed. So, I mean, it's this is just, the like I said, the price of doing business, right? Yes. It's just unbelievable, the amount of money. And, it's yeah, you're right. It's it's new money, these TV contracts, the playoff money. Like, all of this is it's all going into football. Michigan State had to ride the bus to their most recent basketball away game uh, because Tom Izzo said that the AD asked if they could uh, schedule some bus games 
so that they don't have to spend as much on flying. And and then we turn around to Mel Tucker's being offered 10 years and $95 million guaranteed. It does kind of crack you up a little bit. Um, I did see something interesting. Uh, so, so Mel Tucker has not signed this, right? Hang on. Let's, let's talk about that part for a minute. Okay. This is not new. This just got leaked out recently, the details. This contract has been on his desk for over a month. This, this didn't happen this week. People were talking about it like, A, it's already a done deal. He already signed it. Or, B, it happened yesterday and Michigan State's moving and shaking right now. No, 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 no. As soon as his name came up at LSU, this immediately got dropped on his desk. Okay? This is over a month now he's had this and he has not signed it. So let's, that has to be taken into perspective when you're talking about it. Yes, yes, 100%. Uh, it was offered to him after the LSU job came open when he was first linked to the job. Um, and so, of course, again, over a month, it has not been signed yet, and that is a lot of money to leave just sitting on the table. Um, you go back and look. Now, Reddit College Football on Twitter actually shared this out and said, you know, this is probably nothing to worry about. Uh, but when Mel Tucker was at Colorado, <laughs> there are reports. Uh, this is from February 9th of 2020. Uh, this says, uh, last weekend, Tucker, George, and other school administrators were part of a three-day tour of booster gatherings in Southern California, where at one point, Mel Tucker called Colorado a, quote, destination football job. And then, of course, the next week, Michigan State rallies to hire Tucker away from Colorado. And now, of course, Mel Tucker has gone on the Draymond Green show, and he says that Michigan State is a destination job which is the exact same language that he said when he called, uh, he called Colorado that before he left the week later. Uh, look, the better job is Baton Rouge. I mean, LSU is significantly a better job than Michigan State. Um, but, you know, if, if LSU doesn't want to pay that same price, I totally understand it. But... You just don't have to pay somebody. They won't be. They won't want to pay that same price. LSU's floating out numbers that dwarf that. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's he won't be the guy that they want. Yeah. If they don't sign him if he don't go to Baton Rouge. It's because he wasn't the guy they want. That's kind of what it seems like. That is certainly what it seems like. Hey, have you have you heard any other rumors? By the way, because all this coaching carousel stuff is a hell of a lot of fun right now. Just to think about the possibilities. Um, I know there, there's people rumoring Brian Harson is not happy with the SEC and he, he may go to Washington because, of course, he's his mentor is Chris Peterson. So there's links there that he could end up going to Washington. Um, and if that were oh, – so the Oklahoma stuff, if Lincoln Riley goes to Baton Rouge, Josh Heupel would be the pick. So Heupel would leave Tennessee after a year. So then Tennessee and Auburn both being open at the same time. Like, I, it's all bananas right now. But what, uh, what have you heard that sounds fun? Nothing and none of it, because I don't care. (laughs) Like, there are jobs that I know that are open, okay? And then there are jobs that I know that I'm pretty sure are going to come open. I'll talk about those. How about this? How about this? Uh, How about Hugh Freeze? There's a lot of jobs. Like, hell, Virginia Tech is right there, right? There's a lot of jobs that that are open. And, man, I have not heard Hugh Freeze's name attached to any of these. Now, there is something to the fact that he's making $3 million a year at Liberty, and maybe he got tired of the SEC, you know, whatever stuff, right? All the all the public 
out outcrying and whatnot. Maybe he got tired of that public life, and he just wants to sit over there in Virginia and make $3 million a year and just coach at this private institution. Maybe that's what he would rather do, but I am kind of shocked. Uh, I don't think he will get into an SEC job because I think the SEC would continue investigating whatever team he is coaching for forever. Now, ACC jobs, I could certainly see him taking one of those, but he hadn't been linked to any of this stuff. Like, are you shocked by that? Uh, a little bit, but also, I mean, until somebody throws his name out there, I don't care. So. Yeah, yeah, I can, uh, I can understand it. I can understand it. All right, let's get into uh, this college football week 12 preview right quick. Uh, every week I ask Chris four questions. This week I'm only going to ask three because we are not interested in playoff sleepers anymore. We know what the field is currently and what it will take to get each team into the actual playoff. So uh, so why don't we start off with this. Chris, the uh, best games of the weekend, and I've got like six of them written down that are going to be really, really interesting. I'm curious what you think are going to be the best. So I... I'm, I am excited for the SMU-Cincinnati game. Last year, Cincinnati kind of ragdolled the hell out of SMU. All right? They, they beat them up pretty good. I think Cincinnati might have to play this game a little closer to the best than last year. I think that could be a lot of fun. I am personally excited about the UAB-UTSA game because of my love for Bill Clark. I'd love to see him win that. So... That's, uh, that's those, those are the two ones. games that I care about a lot. That is two of the ones that I had written down. I've also got Baylor at Kansas State as my first one because I think that one is going to be incredibly interesting. Of course, Dave Aranda's name being brought up for uh, for all kinds of jobs, Washington, USC, and LSU. Um, but on top of that, they just got their biggest win in quite some time against Oklahoma last week. I, you know, now you got to go on the road. At the Little Apple, they're playing in Manhattan against Kansas State, and Kansas State has been rolling since Skylar Thompson came back. I'm I'm super curious what happens there. Uh, and then, of course, there's the – well, let, how about this? Before we get to the two big games, uh, Louisiana at Liberty, I think, is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I think that could be a really interesting ball game. Um, and then Iowa State-Oklahoma. Like, is Oklahoma really this bad? Is, is Iowa State – better than this 6-4 and four record that they've put up. I'm curious about those. Uh, you got any thoughts on, on either one of those? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to watch them. I'm excited to see them, but, you know, I, not as a, I don't think they're going to be best games of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. Uh, the two biggest games. We'll start off with this. They're both, uh, both on ABC, Michigan State at Ohio State. The line is, uh, what, like 20 right now, 19 and a half maybe, in favor of the Buckeyes. Uh, you, you dive into some of these numbers, and yeah, it, it looks like it could be a mismatch with Ohio State's passing offense against Michigan State's passing defense. But Michigan State, I mean, they have just played tough in every game that they've been in. I, I think that this could end up being a close ball game. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I completely agree with that. I actually think this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. There's no way on earth I'd lay all those points with this Michigan State team. Um, my breakdown on this game is pretty pretty simple. Ohio State receivers are unbelievable. And the weakest part of Michigan State is their secondary. And it seems like, well, that's a gimme. Ohio State's going to score whenever they want. Here's the problem. I have watched Chris Olave, not Chris Olave, 
Um, oh God, quarterback's name. Oh. CJ Stroud. Uh, sure. I've watched. I've watched him look really good and look really bad. Every time he looks bad, it's because that man cannot handle pressure. And I think Mel Tucker and the boys are going to pressure him. And the best thing that they can do for their secondary is to get him off his mark and make him have to move and throw the football. I think that's where his accuracy problems come in. I think that's where he struggles. Yeah, when he when he doesn't have a lot of time to throw, uh, obviously those wide receivers are worthless if he can't get them the football. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think that has a chance to be really, really tight. Uh, the other one, the night game, Oregon at Utah, and you know I, I've got something about this in uh, in most to gain here, um, but this is I mean this is a massive massive matchup. Utah has been playing incredibly well over the last like six games. They did have that one weird ball game where they went up to Corvallis and lost at night uh, at Oregon State, uh, but that's not really how they've you know how they've played. They looked bad against Arizona. I think they were saving up some stuff for Oregon this week. But that, I think Oregon's been playing a lot better, too. And when Oregon is an underdog, they typically show out. This could have everything that you need in it, right? Yeah. No, this, this, that game could be awesome. Or that game could be incredibly boring. That, that, that's why I can't call it the, you know, if this turns into a slog, then then it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm with you. I mean, it could abs- it, it's two coaches that would love – Love for this to be like a 17 to 14 ball game, right? Um, I did mention on the Bet US show that, you know, last uh, last time out, uh, Oregon just absolutely wiped the floor with them 37 to 15 in the Pac 12 title game two years ago. Uh, they had not played since then. And it, it, I mean, Salt Lake City is so tough to play in at night. Like, <laughs> that crowd is going to be bananas. Uh, the next question on here, who has the most to gain this weekend? And there are a ton of obvious candidates, uh, but do you have one off the top of your head? Well, I mean, I think as an underdog, and, and it's a massive underdog, but I do think Michigan State has the most to gain. I really do. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my first I, one here. I, I, okay, good. I, I was curious, is that because there's such a big underdog, can that be seen as the most to gain? But hey, I, I, I don't think I don't think they should be as big of an underdog as they are, and if, I think they got a shot to win the game. And if they win the game, holy shit, does that change how we see them? Does that change how we see the season? And does that shake up the playoffs? Oh, everything is going to be completely different if that happens. Uh, if they win this game, uh, all they need is Ohio State to beat Michigan like they have always done, and they win the division even if they lose to Penn State next week. So, like, they would be in the Big Ten title game. Um, but, but if they win this game and they beat Ohio, then, then they control their own destiny. They don't need anybody to do a damn thing. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, at this point, they they basically wrap That's up the That's where division. you want to be. You, you, want, you don't want to be hoping that Ohio State does something because you might need to help. No, you want to control your destiny. You got that right. You got that right. Uh, the other one that I wrote down here, the, uh, the two Utah schools. Utah uh, wraps up their division with a win over Oregon, so obviously they would get to replay them in the Pac-12 title game if they get that win. But also, Utah State, if they beat Wyoming this weekend, they go ahead and wrap up their ticket to the Mountain West title game. 
And what Blake Anderson has done, nothing would excite me more than to go and watch the Aggies in the Mountain West title game, uh, likely against San Diego State or Fresno State, depending upon who ends up going there. Fresno's got the tiebreaker, but uh, they are one back in the loss column. I, I would love to see Utah State get this done this weekend. Uh, I completely agree with that. You know me. We've talked about this before. We love Blake Anderson, and we're real proud of what he's done and accomplished out there. Pretty impressive. Had such a short turnaround. And uh, and I, 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 would, I would love to see that. As far as the teams with the most to lose, I wrote down here uh, that we got to watch Texas and Florida just because there's no other sport that loves a dumpster fire the same way that college football does. Uh, Texas and Florida both are just train wrecks. Texas going to West Virginia cool. and Florida, of course, uh, going to Missouri this weekend. And Missouri looked you know, pretty good against South Carolina last week. I, I don't know what to expect from either one of these teams, but it is something to pay attention to as we go forward. Uh, do you have anybody else that might have the most to lose other than you know Ohio State, uh, Oregon, whatever? Like I think those are the most obvious. Is there is there one that we're not paying attention to? So it's another big boy. I don't think it's Texas and Florida because they've already lost everything they could. I mean, if they lose another week, like what does it matter? Does it even change anything in their season at all? Uh, like they all. they've already they've basically already hit the toilet. And they can't they can't really do much else. Um, I, I do think it's Oklahoma. Oh yeah. I think right now people are talking about Lincoln Riley, like he's still the second coming of Christ in in the football world. And I just wonder at what time and what point. Are my people in Baton Rouge going to look up and say, you cannot look at his resume and see that he's like 94-7 and seven and think, oh, well, that's the coach he'll be when he gets to the SEC. There are people that are laughing at this team right now because when they get to the SEC, they don't think they're going to be very good at all. I think him personally, he has a lot to lose because of that. And, uh, and then also, just simply um, them as a school, and, and the way they are perceived and seen nationally right now. Yeah, yeah you lose to, uh, to Iowa State for, what, two straight seasons and, like, three out of the last four in the regular season? That well, could... it's it, 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 it basically – it's not you lose to Iowa State. It, you haven't beaten anybody good the entire year, and you play in a team that – so far beneath what they're supposed to be this season, and you still can't beat them. Like, yeah. while Iowa State's a good team, Iowa State's not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, and they are having such a disappointing year. You can't beat them on a disappointing year. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, one that I did want to point out. Uh, Houston on Friday night hosts Memphis. Um. Houston finally got into the top 25. Everything is set up for the showdown between Houston and Cincinnati for the AAC title in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Memphis is, you know, they're a very volatile opponent. You don't know which version of them you're going to get every week. Uh, this would definitely be a big spot to lose if you're Houston. Um, you gotta... I think that's a massive upset. I, I This Memphis team is not very good, Gary. They're just not. Oh, I, like, I, I, I agree. But, Houston would have to completely fall all over themselves to, to lose to Memphis. And I mean, Memphis would have to play a great game. Memphis is not a good football team. They're not good at anything, at any aspect of the game are they good at. And they, they make a ton of mistakes. I, I tend to agree with you. 
Um, the only thing that gives me any kind of question here is is Memphis beat SMU. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, Houston beat them as well. But I, that, that one just shocked me. I don't know what to expect, I, you know. I, don't, I, I, I can't explain that. But I just can't. I can't see Memphis doing that twice in one year. Like, uh, especially, like you're gonna upset some people. That makes sense. That that's not. You know, this this wouldn't bode well to to who they are and how they how they've been for the most of the year. Yeah, and this Houston you, you team know. is, I think, a lot better than SMU. By the way, oh, I think so as well. I think that was a really really weird game uh, that SMU played against them. So. It was uh it was interesting. It was interesting to say the least. Hey, let me go ahead and do the rundown right quick before we do uh the college football pick 'em here. Uh go over to winningcureseverything.com. That is the one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about us, all of our shows, etc. will be over there uh, along with where you can follow us, subscribe, etc. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do leave a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcast and that certainly helps us out. Uh, I do a show for BetUS it is the college football show. You can find the link in the description for that. Do it every Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Thanksgiving week, it's only going to be on Wednesday, and it's like a two-hour friggin' marathon stream. So go ahead and make sure you are subscribed there. We're going to be doing all the bowl game stuff, everything else. So go ahead and check that out. And, of course, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You need to go ahead and sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021. It'll give you a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and that is sportsbook exclusive. So go ahead and sign up. Again, betus.com. There's a link in the description for that. You can click the link, and it's going to toss it up into the web browser, whatever it is, and you won't even have to enter the promo code yourself. It's going to do it for you. Very simple to do. Uh, if you've not already, like the video, subscribe, etc. All the good stuff. Share it out. Jump into the comments. We see all you guys that are chatting, of course. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And let's see, uh, Chris, the college football week 12 off the radar pick them. And I don't know how off the radar some of these games really are, but these are, these are ones that I did not get a chance to discuss on the bet us show. So let's, uh, let's talk about what happened last week. I went five, six, and one, Chris, you went six, five, and one, the total on the season. Neither of us is, uh, is doing great here. I am 57 and 61 against the number. Chris, you are 50 and 68, but we do still have two weeks to go. And then, of course, championship week, Army Navy week, and our bowl game. So let's, uh, let's dive into pick number one here. And our first one will be da -da -da, Texas 
heading to West Virginia, 12 p.m. Eastern time. West Virginia, a three-point favorite, total of 56-and-a-half. Chris, West Virginia, 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games at home. Texas is, I mean, they lost to Kansas at home as, as a 30-point favorite last week. Um, I don't know what to make of what's happening with the Longhorns right now. This appears to be uh, the purge, right? <laughs> I mean, I, there's is there any way that you could possibly bet on Texas this weekend? Well, no, I, I would not. Um, I think this team is a one-trick pony, and that trick is B. John Robinson, who is out. And without him, there's no chance on earth I would take them. I don't think their defense is good enough to stop anybody. I do not think their offense is good enough without Bijan to uh, to do anything. We're going to see all of the uh, mental cleverness and and strategery of one Steve Sarkeesian, who everyone just assumes is this offensive god. And uh, and and yeah, this is this is what he looks like playing with mere men. Yes. And uh, and not not the elite men. I I agree with you. I'm I'm rolling West Virginia minus three. Uh, you are doing the same. Um, I mean, it got ugly in Austin really quick, didn't it? <laughs> Just super ugly. Another 12 p.m. Eastern time game, and we are going to stay in the same conference here. Uh, Iowa State is heading to Oklahoma, and of course the Sooners got embarrassed in Waco last week. Oklahoma, a three-and-a-half-point favorite now. This line opened at four-and-a-half. It has been bet down a full point. Uh, total is 59. Iowa State is 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six against Oklahoma. And, you know, I when I look at this, Oklahoma last season lost two games in a row for the first time in, I mean, as, as far back as anybody that's alive can really remember. Um, I... I don't know what to make of this. When I look at the numbers here, Iowa State's defense is like number 82 in efficiency over the last five weeks. They have just fallen off the grid. And while I do want to think that Matt Campbell has something up his sleeve and maybe last week against Texas Tech was was them like looking ahead to Oklahoma, uh, I'd, I'd have to wonder if Oklahoma's going to show out here. I, that's the way that I'm going to lean on this. Like, obviously... These are not my official plays. You can go over to the BetUS show for uh, for my official picks, the ones that I have full money on. Um, but, man, I think I'm going to roll Oklahoma here, minus three and a half. Like, there's so much love for Iowa State this week. I just I, – I think that they're going to come out and show something this week against Iowa State, and then next week is when they get bludgeoned. So, I think you're right, by the way, on everything that you've said. I, I can't imagine this Oklahoma team being that bad two weeks in a row, but the problem is, is they've been that bad, I don't know, like five weeks in a row. True. They just happened to play teams that were dead and just couldn't couldn't fight at all. This Iowa State team, by the way, kind of looks like that throughout a lot of this season, and, and it's just really hard to take them serious. But I think the reason they look like that last week, I said this already, is I think they were looking ahead to Oklahoma. I thought I think they could have slept walk through Texas Tech, but they thought Oklahoma was gettable. And I think, I think Matt Campbell knows he let this season get away from him. He let this season of an incredibly talented, incredibly experienced players get away from him. He can save it with a win over Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, so you are. I will, I will right. take Campbell and the boys. I will take the head start and hope for a field goal game. I would love for an upset. 
That totally makes sense. All right, so I got you down for Iowa State plus three and a half, and I will roll with the Sooners here. Uh, let's move on to the next one, and we have got Georgia Tech heading over to da, 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 Notre Dame. And good gracious, what Brian Kelly has done with this team is nothing short of miraculous. It's a 2.30 p.m. Eastern time game. The Irish are 17.5-point favorites, total of 59.5. Uh, Georgia Tech 5-1 and one against Notre Dame in the last six matchups between the two. And, man, when you look at advanced stats and whatnot on this game, I it's really hard to not take Notre Dame in this spot. Uh, advanced numbers would tell you that they should be favored by, like, 20 in this game, instead, they're favored by 17 and a half. Uh, the number's actually gone up quite a bit. I There's something about Georgia Tech and their ability to fight and the fact that this line is all the way up at 17 and a half. I made the line 14, and it's all the way at 17 and a half. I think, I think Georgia Tech can hang around in this game. This is I, I've told you multiple times, this is one of the most volatile teams out there. None of their advanced numbers said that they should be any good, but that's because they're not consistent. Do I think that they could go to Notre Dame Stadium and absolutely put up some kind of a fight? Absolutely. I, I certainly think that they could. Uh, I think they could feel like, okay, Notre Dame might be gettable. We know we're not going to beat Georgia next week. Like I, That's a weird way to look at this, I understand, because they could just be looking ahead to Georgia next week. But I think they got some fight in them. I think they can hang within 17 and a half. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech here. So normally I don't like laying these big numbers at all, ever. But but I look, I haven't gotten a lot right this year. One thing I got right before the season started was the Notre Dame team is no joke. They are they are not some punk that are just going to lose a bunch of guys and roll over and die. They are going to fight like hell in every game. They're going to lose very few of them. Um, I thought they'd lose the Cincinnati game. They did lose the Cincinnati game. They hadn't lost since. They hadn't trailed a bunch after that. Other than that also, so like. They've been handling everyone they need to handle. I, I think the Georgia Tech team is bad. I don't think they're very good at football at all. Uh, I think there's a world where this team might, might be quitting. They might be waving the red flag in the fourth quarter, and, and Notre Dame gets up by three, three scores. I, I could dig that. I could dig that. So I'll write down Notre Dame for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Yellow Jackets for – whatever reason, and I'll probably be regretting that once we get to about uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. But uh, You just keep saying that they're a great team. They're a great, they're a great coach, and, and they, and they he's building something. Well, at the, you know, it's, it's three, four years now. At some point in time, you got to get the damn thing built. Yeah, it's been it's been three seasons, so I, you know, yes, I, I think they got to get something done. They don't look done. any different in year three than they did in year one. <laughs> you ain't wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. Next game on the board, we got App State headed to Troy. This is our Sun Belt special this week. Uh, Troy, a 10-point underdog, and this line moved a little bit. Uh, it opened up at App, I believe, at minus 8.5, if I'm not cr- if I'm not crazy. Double-check that. Yeah, I think it was App minus 8.5. So, uh, so Troy, of course, a 10-point underdog at home. Uh, they have looked good recently. Like, they, they're playing better uh, I think everybody knows that I'm not a big fan of the coaching style of one Chip Lindsley, but uh, but instead, you know, Troy 0-5 against the spread in their last five games as a home underdog of 10 points or less. Uh, this falls into that category. Uh, they just don't do well in these spots for whatever reason. They they beat teams that uh, that they are supposed to beat sometimes, 
and they always lose to teams that they're supposed to lose to. But ever since that Coastal Carolina game, like Troy has put up some fight, man. Like they they look all right right now. They got Gunnar Watson back at quarterback. Uh, the offense still isn't good, but but their defense has actually been okay. And against Chase Bryce in this App State offense, I think that he can slow them down enough and make App State uncomfortable to the point where, yeah, I think uh, I think Troy can actually hang within this ten points, especially at home on a Saturday or on a yeah on a Saturday. Um, yeah, I feel I feel good about this. I'm gonna take Troy plus the uh, plus the ten here. Okay, I kind of thought we were going to go the opposite way here because because I knew your feelings on, on Troy and, and the coaching staff. I like Troy, too. I think it's too many points. I think App State is getting a lot of uniform credit and name credit. Um, App State's a really good football team. It's not a slight on them. I don't think they're a 10-point better than Troy on the road favorite, though. That's, That's it. Yeah. Uh, this is a math problem. That's all it is. Beating them by a touchdown still says you're a really good football team. But I think Troy's got some fight. I'm with you. I think Troy can win this game. I do, if too. If I think they can win the game, i got to take 10. I, I agree with you 100%. So, Troy plus 10 for both of us. And we I, are going to – I'll tell you this. This is, this is my logic for that. Okay. I'll be more surprised if App State wins by 20 than Troy winning the game outright. That's your 10-point difference in the spread. There you go. That's, that does make sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, we are going to ride a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time game, Nebraska, heading to Wisconsin. Look, Nebraska uh, got an off week last week. Uh, Everybody, you know, they decided they're going to keep Scott Frost. What are we going to see out of, you know, the Cornhuskers this week heading to Wisconsin? Wisconsin is a nine-point favorite, uh, total of 42. And, look, the Badgers, 5-0 and against the spread in their last five against the Big Ten. I at these advanced numbers for them, they are unfreaking believable. Their EPA per play margin on defense is number one in the country. If you go just from week five, uh, after they played Michigan, all the way through, Wisconsin has better defensive numbers than Georgia. Their defense is unbelievable, and they're not putting Graham Mertz in a position to fail. Like I love the the adjustments that they have made. Uh, to their offense, they realize they can't do some of the stuff that they were doing at the very beginning of the season because they're not equipped to do that. They swapped it around, and now they're on an absolute tear. Adrian Martinez against this defense is going to be something to watch out for. Uh, The Nebraska defense, I do think, is pretty good. I still trust Wisconsin to be able to run the ball on them. Um, you, You look at these two teams, I really think that Wisconsin is going to be able to boat race them a little bit here. Uh, my number on this was actually Wisconsin minus fourteen. It's at nine. Like I, I'm going to take the Badgers. Yeah, you you say boat race. I'm going to say ragdoll them. I think they're I think they're just going to physically shake them until they don't want to play anymore. This is just one of those things where one team I think is bigger and stronger than the other, and and so big and so strong that they can kind of physically impose their will however they want. Yeah, that's that's the same way that I see this going. That's the same way that I see it going. Uh, I don't have notes for the rest of these, so let's go on and roll through uh, the rest of uh, the rest of these. ACC matchup. We have got Virginia heading to Pittsburgh and the Pitt Panthers. Uh, 14 and a half point favorites, total of 66. They're saying that Virginia may not have Brennan Armstrong again. 
I don't know that I necessarily buy that, and that's really where this line is right now, right? Uh, yep. If if Brennan plays, this line is going to drop, and it's going to drop very quickly on Saturday. Uh, if he doesn't play, this thing is probably going to shoot up to like 17 and a half, 18. Like, it's, it's right in between where we think it probably should be. Uh, if he doesn't play, there's just there's no prayer here. If he does play, I actually had this at Virginia uh, plus nine. So, like, I'm going to take my shot. I think he plays because I think they were holding him out of the Notre Dame game for him to play in the ACC games. These are the games that matter. Virginia still has a shot to uh, to go and represent their division, like in the ACC title game. So I'm, I'm going to take the who's here. Uh, Pitt is really good, but I think 14 and a half may just be a little bit too much, especially if Brennan Armstrong plays. Uh, I'm I'm in complete agreement on that. He I is there any reason for him to not do? We really think he's that hurt? Uh, it's I think it's just a broken rib thing, so it's mainly like a pain tolerance situation. It's a pain tolerance thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he's going to play, and I'll take Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're right though. I think if he doesn't if he doesn't play, that's a loser. I think that's a loser. <laughs> hundred percent. I think Pitt will beat them by at least three touchdowns and likely more if uh, if Armstrong doesn't play. Well, um, I think Pitt's going to win the game anyway. Well, yeah. I, I just I've seen teams hang with Pitt if they can score. Yes. And if Virginia's got him, he can, they should be able to score now. Now, if he plays hurt and Pitt get now their Pitt's defensive front hasn't been great. They haven't pressured the quarterbacks a lot. But this might be a game where early you send a couple of blitzes you don't normally send trying to get home on one. Maybe you're willing to take a 15-yarder just to just to get him on the ground one or two times just to see if you hit him good. Does that take him out of the game? Because I'm going to say this. If he comes yeah. out, you know what? No. Give me, I'm, I'm going to go fit. I'm going to go fit. Because I think if any point in time he gets removed from the game, that's not like the last four minutes. I think Pitt can score twice fast. That's, okay. that's what scares the hell out of me. If he, if he comes out of this game at any point in time and or doesn't play, I love Pitt, and I love Pitt in a row. Too much volatility going on a guy that's hurt, which I think that guy's special. I think if he plays, they got a chance to win. I don't think they will win, but I think they can. Um, I, I like what you're yeah, – I'll take Pitt. I'll go, I'll go against you. I'll, I'll, we'll go ahead and head on that. Okay. Okay, I like that. You. I so love I talk you... myself from one thing into another. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, at the end of the day, that's how you know a guy is fifty and sixty, right there, baby. Yes, yes. Uh, I will tell you this: Virginia on defense, their EPA per play margin on defense is number one twenty-two. So they ain't stopping. Oh no, 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 no! Pitt's going to score whenever they want. I just I've seen Pitt's defense look terrible so many times this year, and I just feel like Virginia will be able to score with them. But that's pending. They've got this one special guy that I think is pretty damn special. I agree with you. I agree. So I'm I'm going to roll Virginia uh, plus the fourteen and a half, and you're going to roll Pitt minus fourteen and a half. Let's uh, let's jump into the next one here. Four p.m. Eastern time. We have got Louisiana heading to Virginia to face off against Liberty and Mr. Hugh Freeze. Uh, really fascinating coaching matchup. Uh, Liberty, a four and a half point favorite here. Uh, total of 53 and a half. I'm going to let you start us off. I, man, I look at these numbers and I am just, I, I don't, I, I'll, I'll let you start. What, what are your thoughts here? That's a, no, I, I, I like, I, uh, I like Louisiana. I like the right case here. I think they're the better football team. They really are. Um, you know, we, 
there there was a time where Liberty was the hot team before the season started. We thought they could have a special year. I've seen enough of them to know this team is good, but they're not special. Not that Louisiana is either, but I'll take them with a head start because I think they can win the game. I kind of think they will win the game. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at these numbers and it they these two teams just look so identical, right? I do think that Liberty has no, the, the better... quarterback play on one team is significantly better, but I think Louisiana is better than them a little bit at everything else. Well, that's so that's what I was getting at. Is that obviously Malik Willis is uh, is an NFL caliber kind of guy. Yeah, he's um, he's the special player. But go ahead. Uh, if if you just look at all the advanced stats. You know, I I do think Louisiana matches up relatively well with Liberty. Yeah, I do too. So I, I, I think Louisiana's better than them. I, I think overall, I I mean, my line on this was Louisiana minus two. And when it came out minus yeah, four think, and a half the other way, I said, whoa, like I'm missing something. Yeah, no, I thought this game was going to be real close to a pick em, And if I had to favor one by a point or a half point, I would have given it to Louisiana over, over – uh, over Liberty, and so when I saw, it wasn't just Liberty minus. It was Liberty minus four and a half. It was Liberty minus more than a field goal. You know, I thought, okay, all right, I, I'm going to take the Cajuns. I, I think they're a better team from top to bottom except for the quarterback position, but it's not like they have just a toad at quarterback. You know, they they can play football. They're really good. I will, I will say this, all right, so the coaching matchup thing is kind of interesting because – there is the idea that, of course, Hugh Freeze not being mentioned for some of these other jobs. Maybe he comes out and he's got some stuff that's set up for him, right? Maybe, maybe he's really irritated about this, and the team is irritated for him, or something. I don't. It, it's something along those lines. And then on the other side, this is not a uh, this is not a sunbelt game for Louisiana. If Billy Napier is only really interested in um, in knocking out like. If he's only interested in handling the Sun Belt stuff and winning a championship that way, then maybe this game doesn't matter. They've got Louisiana Monroe next week. That's a rivalry game. Uh, there's a lot that could go into play. You really think a guy like Billy Napier doesn't care about every game? Like, have you seen anything about him and his coaching style to think that he didn't take every game absolutely serious? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I see where you're coming from. I'm going to take Louisiana plus four and a half. Like, I, I just think. Yeah, yeah, looks- I. I it feels like a field goal game. It looks fishy. And the only thing that scares me is, is the line looks fishy. Yeah, that's that's the scary part, right? I think they're begging us to take Louisiana, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> like I'm just going to fall right in that trap. Let's go. Let's let's. You know what? I'll fall in there with you. I'm uh I'm all over it. Louisiana plus four and a half. Next game on the board, we have got a 4 p.m. Eastern time game. UCLA and Chip Kelly heading across town to face off against USC. USC, a three-point home dog, 65.5 is the total. Jackson Dart is going to get the start this week. Um, man, I made this line, UCLA minus five. You look at some of the advanced stats here. Uh, look, USC, number 119 in EPA per rush on defense. Like, that ain't going to cut it against UCLA, who is number 11 in that metric on offense. I, I mean, USC's defense is just awful. Absolutely awful. Yep. I think UCLA is going to... Probably keep the ball for about 40, 45 minutes here, and uh, yep. and not let USC so do too. anything. So I, I'm I'm all over US uh, UCLA here. No, I'm the same way. Now my only fear is 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 USC looked like they quit about three weeks ago. Okay, maybe longer than that. Yeah, maybe what? Maybe about three weeks ago. They, it looks like they were done playing football. 
there's a world, there's a world where three weeks ago they said this season is over. Let's just get ready for UCLA. Let's win the battle for LA. And we don't care about anything else. These seniors are going to go out beating UCLA. That that world exists. Don't know that I'm scared of it though. Yeah. I got to see that and just be wrong for for me to think that that's a viable situation. This USC team has quit. I, I think there'll be less than 37 USC fans in the stadium. I mean, it's just that, that nobody's going to be at this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, next game on the dock. Oh, we're both taking UCLA minus three there. So I'm uh, yes. I'm all over. Uh, Fifty four twenty is the time. Let's uh, let's jump into this next one. Five thirty p.m. Eastern time. Baylor heads to Kansas State, and it's one of those weird off kilter time slot games. A little strange. Baylor coming off the biggest win in program, maybe not maybe not program history, but a massive massive win over Oklahoma last week. Biggest win of Dave Aranda's uh, short coaching career uh, as a head coach, anyway. And they they end up as a road uh, uh, dog, like they're an underdog to Kansas State. Kansas State is favored by one here, and the total is fifty, which on on its face looks like it could be too many points. But but I also think that I mean these two teams can find a way to score on each other. I'm really curious in this spot. Uh, you look at at Baylor's offense against Kansas State's defense. Kansas State's defense ain't great. I mean, they are number, da, 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 let's see, I mean, they're number 10 in defensive success rate. But as far as EPA per pass, number 63, EPA per rush, number 48, like there's holes that you can take advantage of there for Baylor's offense. As far as Baylor's defense, uh, they are number 101 in EPA per pass. Uh, Kansas State number 20 in that metric on offense. Like there are ways for each team to take advantage of the other one. And as much as I hate to do it, I'm going to take Kansas State here. Like, I, I think coming off that massive win, you got to go on the road again. And Kansas State has just quietly been beating the piss out of everybody for four weeks. They are just killing people since Skylar Thompson came back. And this is a massive, massive game in Manhattan. I'm, I'm going to ride the Wildcats. Yeah, the problem is, is I don't think they've been beating any good teams at all. That's my only issue. So, yeah. you're right. They've been beating a bunch of teams. But those teams are Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, and West Virginia. Congratulations. That's a hell of a run. I think Baylor is closest to Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and they have L's to all those teams. I think they lose this game. I think Baylor controls the football from start to finish and controls the game from start to finish. I can get down with it. So Baylor plus one for you, Kansas State minus one for me, that moves us over to the SEC. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Auburn headed over to South Carolina. Auburn will be without Bo Nix. He's out for the rest of uh, at least the regular season, if not longer. And they uh, they will have T.J. Finley as their starting quarterback. They also lost their starting kicker, Anders Carlson. He is out uh, for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Uh, he tore it on an onside kick. What happened to Auburn last week? Uh, we talked about it in the recap on Sunday. Just uh, that is that is rip your heart out of your chest kind of stuff. When you're up twenty eight to three, you're feeling good, and it wasn't like Mississippi State did anything crazy. They just kept running the same thing and got themselves back in the ball game, and the momentum just took them over the finish line. Auburn could do nothing. Well, they were getting stops too. Like yeah. it, it, you, to score 40 something unanswered points, it, it's not just the scoring forty that's the hard thing. 
it's to stopping the other team from scoring anything at all. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Uh, and that that's kind of what puts me in the spot here. You look at advanced numbers and whatnot. Uh, you would think, you would think that Auburn should be able to handle this ball game. Uh, but no, advanced numbers uh, would tell you that South Carolina has actually been a better football team overall on the season, which is kind of crazy. Uh, advanced stats from from Parker's Bunch over at CFB-Graphs.com has South Carolina favored by one point here. Like, I, I had this as Auburn by four, and that was even before the Bo, uh, the Bonex news, right? So on Saturday night, I go through, I make out my numbers, and I had Auburn by four. They were favored by seven and it's it's up to seven and a half. Uh, you look at the money that's coming in. I thought maybe we got some reverse line movement, something crazy. And no, like there's actual public money on Auburn, and I don't get it. I think South Carolina needs this game to get to a bowl game. I think they're going to be fired up a night game in Columbia. Uh, and I'm getting a hook here. Like, give me a break. I'm taking South Carolina all day plus seven and a half. So the only problem that people have with the reason all the money is still coming in on Auburn is simply because South Carolina, while Auburn looked just real bad last week and just looked dead and it was a weird, 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 bad game for them. Um, did you watch the South Carolina Missouri game? Because it looked like Missouri tried to give South Carolina the game 19 times. You talk about a team that needs this quote unquote game to make a bowl. Well, yeah, they had a game to make a bowl last week given to them. And they didn't want it. They didn't want anything to do with it. They yeah. played like complete garbage. They they could do not I run. Think they're going to be better this week, man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think because they're at home, right? That's that's my that's my only hope here. Well, at is, some point in time, look, that Auburn defense isn't great, but they're a hell of a lot better than Missouri's defense. I think. Yeah, you couldn't move the football on them, and you fumbled the ball and threw the ball away a hundred times over and over again. I just think there's a world where they look real sloppy. I don't want to take Auburn. I don't want to lay all those points. God, I feel just like I just don't think I can take South Carolina. I just, I saw them. Their their chance to get bowl eligible was last week, and it was served up on a silver platter, and they cocked it off. Yeah. And it just – what do you do? How do you feel sorry for them if they get beat this week and then they get beat next? Like, what do you, I, I don't, don't know. Feel, yeah, you don't feel sorry for them at all. You don't at all. Um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ride South Carolina. I like the home underdog at home on a Saturday night. Um, I like South Carolina. You know how much I love South Carolina. Oh, I yeah. want them to be good. It kind of makes me stick to take Auburn and lay the <laughs> I can understand your side. And I don't have anything against Auburn. I'd like to see T.J. Finley have a great game. That's oh, what yes. I would like. Yes, absolutely. Uh, remember, it, his first game as a starter last year for LSU was actually in a blowout yep. of South Carolina. So That's right. No, that, that is true. That is true. Uh, of course, obviously, different South Carolina team. That was a different coach, uh, different coaching staff, different players, et cetera. So, you know, whole whole different thing. But same uniforms, same uniforms. Uh, another 7.30 p.m. Eastern time game. We have got Virginia Tech and the recently fired Justin Fuente uh, heading over to Miami to take on the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are a 7.5-point favorite at home. Total of 56 here. And, brother... Um, I think I think Miami's done. I, I think uh, Virginia Tech, like we, we see that dead cap bounce sometimes with teams whose coach was just fired. Uh, they tend to play pretty well that first game out. Miami, they have not fired their coach as of yet, and they just came off of an excruciating loss in a rivalry game. Now they got to come back home. 
yeah, it's senior night, but it, at Miami, there's going to be, what, 15,000 people in the stands, like nothing crazy. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of home field atmosphere at all for Miami. I, I think Virginia Tech finds a way to uh, to definitely keep this within the 7.5, but I, I think Virginia Tech could win the game outright. Like I, I, think, I think that game last week was everything for Miami, and they found a way to lose it, and now it's just it's done. So I'm I'm all in on Virginia Tech being able to cover this week. So we're going to see this one very similar. It's just simply I don't know that Miami is good enough to beat anybody by by more than a touchdown right now. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong about that. You are not wrong. They hadn't beaten anybody by more than a touchdown. Is it all season? I got, you know what? I really want to look up their schedule right quick while we're on this one because uh, we, we got a few minutes. Um, let's see. Virginia Tech and Miami. All right. Have they beaten anybody by uh, – okay, so Central Connecticut State, they beat 69 to nothing, but they beat, uh, let's see, App State by That's two. Uh, they beat NC That's State it. by one, Pitt by four, Georgia Tech by three. Yeah, That's this it. is are – they, are they baiting us with this line? Does this line no, stick? No, I think I think there's a no because I think there's a world where everybody just assumes. Um, most people assume once you lose your coach, your team is done. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're both we're both riding Virginia Tech here. All right, yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, Vitek plus seven and a half for both of us. Last game on the board. Let's go ahead and knock it out here. Cal headed to Stanford. Uh, Stanford, a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home, total of 45. And news about Tanner McKee, looks like he was practicing this week. He will likely be back for this game. Uh, the line was actually Cal minus three, and it has been bet down to one-and-a-half because of that, uh, because of the Tanner McKee news. But look, Tanner McKee hadn't played in a month. And obviously, this is a massive, massive rivalry game. This is, uh, what, the big game, I believe is what they call it. Um you look at this, I just don't see a lot of, of favorable matchups here for Stanford. Uh, I tend to believe that Cal is just the the better football team. I, as a matter of fact, like I, my numbers had Cal favored by a touchdown, even on the road here. Um, I just I, I think that Cal is a way better team. They got their players back now. Everything looks okay for them. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears uh, and Justin Wilcox to be able to get this win pretty easily. Because this is, I, I mean, it's it's nuts to think about the fact that this line has jumped as much as it has. And I, brother, I told you three, and now I'm looking. I think the opening line was actually, was it Cal minus five, and it moved that much? Do you remember? From, I have no idea what the opening line. I don't. I don't know what the opening line was. I didn't talk about this as the opening line game. Uh, this was. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm looking. Da da da. Let's see. Cal. Opening line was. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Opening line was five. And it has moved that much. Three and a half points just because of Tanner McKee. Um, I don't buy that. I, I don't mean, know that it moved three and a half because of Tanner McKee. I think this is more of a realistic line. I don't think Cal is very good. Like, you keep talking, Cal's a much better team, much better. Look. You're a three-win team, too, in the same shitty conference, all right? They ain't much better than anybody. So, <laughs> if this line was five, right. I would seriously be taking uh, um, Stanford. 
Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, just I think the line is right here. I think even, this is where the line should be because it's two shit teams. Even with Tanner McKee coming back, Cal's defense, like the one thing that they do the absolute best is stop the pass. They are number eight in defensive pass uh, success rate, and they are number seven in EPA per pass on defense. Um, I just, I don't, I'm going to roll Cal. Like I, I love Cal in the spot. I think they're a, I think they're a way better football team. Uh, they're they're both bad football teams, but there are different levels of bad, just the same way as there are different levels of good, right? So I'll uh, I'll take Cal big time here. Is that uh, is that the way you're rolling? Well, I'm going to take Cal, but once again, this is one of those where you numbers folks lie all the time, all the time. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are number eight in pass defense. That's because nobody has to pass on them. Because you just run the football down the throat. You get a lead on them, and their offense isn't good enough to scare you. You just run the ball. That's a, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, a couple of years ago when Rutgers was like 128th in the country overall, they're one of the worst teams in football, they had the number three pass defense in all the Big Ten. Well, why is that? Because nobody threw on them. Because people beat them 40 to nothing by just running the ball down the throat. Yeah. Yeah, you're not this, wrong. This is where numbers lie. You got to be careful of that. With that said, I will take Cal because I trust Wilcox. But either one of them are both bad, bad teams. I These can are bad football teams. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, brother. Uh, let me go ahead and let you go. I will wrap this show up, and uh, and we will talk again very soon. Yes, sir. See you, man. All right, be good, buddy. All right, that is going to wrap up the show. Make sure and tune in for the Sunday reaction show uh, to all of the action that went on, of course, over the college football weekend. We'll uh, we'll break it all down. We'll see exactly what we're looking at heading into rivalry weekend for Thanksgiving week. Uh, lots, lots to figure out next week. So, uh, Chris, I believe, will be on vacation next week, so I will be handling the show uh, solo next week whichever day we end up releasing them but we'll we'll figure it all out we'll see what's going down next week uh with that said go to BetUS and make sure and sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021 it's going to get you 125% sign up bonus and it is sportsbook exclusive there's a link in the description go ahead and take advantage of that while you can uh, you click that link it's going to toss the promo code in there for you so go ahead and check it out you can find me on the BetUS college football show uh next week we are doing one show, live show, on Wednesday. It's going to be a little earlier than usual. So go ahead and make sure and subscribe over there. Hit that notification bell. It's going to let you know when we go live. Same thing with Winning Cures Everything. Subscribe to the channel if you've not already. Make sure and like the video. Share it out. Jump into the comments. All that good stuff. We want to hear from you again. Congrats to Northern Illinois. You guys are a lot of fun. I appreciate all of you being in my mentions for being so very wrong about Coach Thomas Hammock and the Huskies this season. Uh... I've had fun with you guys. So you can follow us both on Twitter. Uh, Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. I am at Gary WCE. With that said, you guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.